We ask that the Lord makes of us what he wants of us. That's what that song is about. And that sometimes it requires some molding. Sometimes it requires some crushing or pressing in to become and to be and to do all that God desires for us and from us. This morning is the last of our four-part series on relationships, the return. As we're returning to so many things, it's time to return to healthy relationships. In fact, it's past time. Now, struggles in relationships have nothing to do with a pandemic. But the pandemic didn't do us any favors. Times of separation make relationships difficult. Technology is great, and it's wonderful to have the resources we have. I love that I can talk and even see my kids in Africa and my grandkids. That's wonderful. But that alone won't build a relationship. It takes so many things. And we've been looking at this passage in the New Testament in the book of Romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 21, each week. By now, it should be a little familiar to you. And let me just review where we've been. Week one, we looked at commitment. The fact that commitment in our relationships is necessary for them to be healthy. And we need not just commitment, but we need fierce and passionate commitment. Verse 9 says, let love be genuine. Let it be real, not fake. The second week, we looked at cooperation, living in harmony, and the scripture in this passage tells us in verse 16, live in harmony with one another. And then last week, we looked at community pulling in the same direction, caring for each other. And this passage has that classic verse, verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, each week, I've been having someone help me. And I have someone again this week, only this time it's virtual help. Someone who's going to read the scripture for us, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. See if you can figure this out. Capítulo 12. Les pido, pues, hermanos, por la misericordia de Dios, que se ofrezcan como sacrificio vivo, santo y agradable a Dios. Este debe ser su auténtico culto. No se adapten a los criterios de este mundo. Al contrario, transfórmense, renueven su interior para que puedan descubrir cuál es la voluntad de Dios, qué es lo bueno, lo que le agrada, lo perfecto. Les digo además a todos y cada uno de ustedes, en virtud de la gracia que Dios me ha confiado, que no se consideren más de lo debido, sino que cada uno se considere en lo que vale conforme al grado de fe que Dios le ha concedido. Porque así como en un solo cuerpo tenemos muchos miembros y no todos los miembros tienen una misma función, 
Así también nosotros, aunque somos muchos, formamos un solo cuerpo al quedar unidos a Cristo y somos miembros los unos de los otros, puesto que tenemos dones diferentes según la gracia que Dios nos ha confiado, el que habla de parte de Dios, hágalo de acuerdo con la fe. El que sirve, entréguese al servicio. El que enseña, a la enseñanza. El que exhorta, a la exhortación. El que ayuda, hágalo con generosidad. El que atiende, con solicitud. El que practica la misericordia, con alegría. Que el amor entre ustedes no sea hipócrita. Aborrezcan lo malo y pónganse de parte de lo bueno. Apreciense unos a otros como hermanos y sean los primeros en estimarse unos a otros. No sean perezosos para el esfuerzo. Manténganse fervientes en el espíritu y listos para el servicio del Señor. Vivan alegres por la esperanza. Sean pacientes en el sufrimiento y perseverantes en la oración. Compartan las necesidades de los creyentes. Practiquen la hospitalidad. Bendigan a quienes los persiguen. Bendigan y no maldigan. Alégrense con los que se alegran. Lloren con los que lloran. Vivan en armonía unos con otros y no sean engreídos. Antes bien, pónganse al nivel de los sencillos y no sean autosuficientes. A nadie devuelvan mal por mal. Procuren hacer el bien ante todos los hombres. Hagan lo posible, en cuanto de ustedes dependa, por vivir en paz con todos. No hagan justicia por sus propias manos, queridos míos, sino dejen que Dios castigue, pues dice la Escritura. A mí me corresponde hacer justicia. Yo daré su merecido a cada uno. Esto es lo que dice el Señor, por tanto... Si tu enemigo tiene hambre, dale de comer. Si tiene sed, dale de beber. Actuando así, harás que enrojezca de vergüenza. No te dejes vencer por el mal. Por el contrario, vence al mal a fuerza de bien. You, you got all that, right? Now, my assistant doesn't want to be quiet. There we go. <clears throat> My assistant got carried away and read the whole chapter, even though I said to start from verse 9. What we're looking at this morning is communication. And sometimes we don't get it right. Now, my assistant didn't get it wrong, but most of us didn't understand, did we? Some of you heard a word or two that you recognized. Some of you played Uno. Sometimes in our relationships, whether it's a marriage, a sibling, a friend, a coworker, a church member, we get our communication wrong. We know what we mean to say, but they don't always understand. Do any of you speak toddler? Get around a one-and-a-half to two-year-old or even three-year-old sometimes, and when they're talking to you and you need an interpreter, 
their parent usually is fluent in toddler and says, oh, they're asking you this. The first place that I taught school when I was a public school teacher was in North Carolina. In High Point, North Carolina, at that time, the furniture capital of the world, or so their sign said, was a inner city school and it was in the south. I had to learn some different words and a different accent on it. I got used to it. Jody would come to visit me at times and I had to be her interpreter to my students. They would walk up to her and she had the babies with her so they were always attracted to that and they would start talking to her and she would look at me and I would say, here's what they asked. I traveled to Honduras and even preached there and had to have an interpreter for me to understand them and for them to understand me. Preached in Kenya, had to have an interpreter. Sometimes we need somebody to interpret in our relationships. But what if we just got better at it? You see, in our relationships, what we need is Not just more communication. We do need that. But we need better communication. And then we need more of the better communication. See, our journey to healthy relationships continues through communication. And if we don't get this one right, we won't do the other three. If we don't get this one right, we will struggle. So let me see if you can get this. Romans chapter 12, beginning of verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, Never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Communication. We need healthy communication. We need healthy communication of presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. 
nothing wrong with giving presents. But the most powerful one you can give is your presence in their life. When we look at this and we look at verses 9 through 13, everything in there talks about being with one another, loving genuinely, holding fast to what is good, loving with brotherly affection, outdoing and showing honor, being zealous and fervent and serving and rejoicing. We need to be present in our relationships. Now, there's a difference between showing up and being present, right? Sometimes some of you come home from work You got your body there to beat the deadline, but your mind hasn't caught up. I had a friend who worked about 30 minutes from where he lived, and he talked about there was this railroad track about 15 minutes in. And he said every morning as he headed to work, he was thinking about home and how things were going and what he might need to do when he got home. And when he crossed those railroad tracks, he picked up work and started thinking of work. When he left work and headed home, those first 15 minutes, he was processing how the day had gone. And he said, as soon as I crossed those railroad tracks, I laid work aside and picked up home again so that I would be mentally present when I got there. Some of us need to not just show up, we need to be present. Having a ministry of presence in our relationships. In other words, be present in the relationship. Pay attention. You ever been sitting in a group and suddenly have somebody say to you, pay attention? Usually somebody with your same last name. Why did they say that? You were there. You were even hearing noise, but you weren't listening. You weren't really present Your body was there, but your mind or your heart was somewhere else. We need to pay attention and be listening in our relationships. Chuck Swindoll told the story about a very busy time in his ministry, and his children were early elementary, and he said he came home, and they were having, you know, dinner, and he got there because he needed to be there, but he had to leave quickly to go back to church for a meeting. And his daughter was wanting to tell him something that had happened. And he said, okay, tell me. And he said, she just started talking 100 miles an hour. She was about six or seven. And he looked at her and said, honey, slow down. Talk slower. And she leaned in to her dad and said, then listen slower. Pay attention. Be listening, not just hearing. And be available in your relationships. All the things I just mentioned apply in our relationship with Christ as well. We need to be present in that relationship, paying attention to what he's saying to us, listening in his word and in the other clues and words he gives us. I've also noticed that the better I'm doing in paying attention to the Lord, the better I'm doing in paying attention in my other relationships because those matter to God. We need to have that ministry of presence. It is so powerful. 
I mentioned last week about kids coming out for a school program or concert or play, and one of the first things they do is look up to see who's there for them. Who do I know that's here? They're not lining up the way they're supposed to. They're not looking at their teacher, and they don't care until they figure out who's here or who's not. I remember eighth grade. Um, my parents never had to endure band or choir concerts, and if you ever heard me try to do either of those, you would understand why. But they did have to endure an awful lot of athletic events. My dad was a pastor, and it wasn't until my eighth grade year that basketball began to play some games on Wednesday nights. My dad was a pastor, and he had a service on Wednesday nights. So my thing was, I assumed I would never see my parents on those games. I vividly remember Anderson, Indiana, Madison Heights High School Gym which no longer exists. <laughs> Sitting on the bench and the game was just starting and I looked up and saw my mom and dad walk in. I went, how could that be? There's church. And I realized the game started just a little bit before eight and that service started at seven and my dad made it a short message, a quick prayer, and he walked out as soon as he said Amen. It wasn't until many years later that I realized he probably even got in trouble from some people for that. But he walked straight in. Because he couldn't get to everything, but he wasn't about to miss what he could get to. Does that matter? I still remember it today. And eighth grade happened five, six years ago. The ministry of presence in our relationships is powerful. When my mom passed away, I looked up among the thousand people that came through that visitation and saw an old friend. We had grown up together. Our dads were pastors together on the same district. And the last three or four months of his senior year in high school, he lived with us because his dad had taken a new church, but he wanted to finish in the same school. So he lived with us. My parents said, sure, come on. He came walking in and he had a cast on his leg. He lived at least two hours away from there. I said, Doug, I can't believe you're here. I, I, we haven't talked in years. He said, I heard about your mom. He said, I had to come. He said, she was there for me at a tough time. So I wasn't about to miss it, broken leg or not. Does presence matter? I still remember that. That was over 30 years ago. How present are you in your relationships? Secondly, if we're going to have good communication in our relationships, we need to have good actions. Verses 12 through 16 tells us, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, seek to show hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Our actions matter. And make sure you get this. If your actions contradict your words, your words will become meaningless in your relationship. If your actions contradict the words you use in your relationships, your words will soon become meaningless. Our words need to follow our action. Our actions need to follow our words. Choose your words carefully and your actions even more carefully. Your actions should start by asking what's best for the relationship. Yeah, I've said that I think every week. What's best in this relationship? Not just what's best for me. What's best for them? What's best for this relationship? If we're going to do that and have the right actions, we need to keep serving in all our relationships. People love service. They love being around those who are servants, servants' heart, not to be waited on, but to be cared for. And if we're going to keep serving, we have to keep seeking ways to serve, finding new things that we can do, new ways that we can serve those that we are in relationship with, looking for those opportunities. It's amazing to me when someone does something that you realize, man, they had to put some thought into that. They had to take some time to do that. They had to rearrange their schedule to do that. And it means so much. And it communicates more than any of their words. Also, as you might expect, good communication involves words. Only let me add, you need sincere words for healthy relationships. Verses 14 through the end of that chapter keep talking about this blessing even those who persecute you to rejoice and to weep, to live in harmony, not to be haughty or think too much of ourselves. Don't repay evil for evil, but give thought to what's honorable. Live peaceably with all as far as it depends on you. Our words matter. Use sincere words. Verse 9 says, let love be sincere. Let it be genuine. In other words, use meaningful words. And by that I mean use words that are meaningful to the person you're speaking to. I know I don't always hit that on Sunday mornings, but I try. In fact, watching you as I speak is one of those cues. If everyone's asleep, I assume one of two things, one of three things. You trust me so much, you're not worried about what I say, so you're taking your nap now. My voice is so smooth, so silky, so soothing, you couldn't help but go to sleep. 
or you're bored. <laughs> but you see, I'm watching and seeing, is there a quizzical look on someone's face and go, what did I just say? Did I get that wrong? Did I miss a word? Or do I need to use different language? When I spoke in those other countries, I asked the missionaries, what matters here? So that as I spoke and shared God's word, I shared things that mattered to them. I was in a different culture. It wasn't the same as what mattered at home. Use words, sincere, meaningful words, words that are meaningful to the one you're speaking to. Back to those toddlers. You shouldn't be using the exact same language to the toddler that you are to a contemporary. Use words that are meaningful in all of your relationships. Meaningful words also matter to make sure they are not accusatory. I tell this in counseling with couples and in premarital counseling, be careful not to use the you statements. You know those, right? You did this. You never do that. You always, first of all, never and always are rarely correct. Second, when you do those, did you know I point, notice I pointed? We tend to do that even one-on-one -on -one when we say you. And when someone points at you, how do you react? Defensive? Get angry? Don't use those. Use different statements. I'm sensing this. I appreciated that. I don't understand this. Something that isn't accusatory, meaningful words. Don't use flattery. Be kind, be complimentary, but don't use flattery. Flattery is not sincere. Flattery sounds good until you think about it. <laughs> flattery sounds good in the moment, and then you go, wait a minute. They didn't mean that. Be sincere in your communication. Sometimes that sincerity means I don't know what to say. And get this. Use your words. Oh, it's great to buy a card that is well written and can be meaningful. And you can even say this says it better than I can. But I can almost guarantee you anyone you're in a sincere relationship with would really rather hear your words. Because then they know it was from the heart. You go, I'm not very good with words. They already know that. Say some of your own anyways. You see, when you are only using someone else's words in your relationships, they see right through that, and it no longer seems sincere. There's nothing wrong with those poems. There's nothing wrong with those songs. There's nothing wrong with those cards. But make sure you add your words to it. In our relationships, to be sincere, we've got to communicate. And let me ask you, is your communication healthy in your relationships? How present are you 
in your relationships? Is there a relationship that the Lord's bringing to your mind right now that you go, you know, (laughs) you've been showing up, but you haven't really been there. You've been there in body, but your spirit and mind has been somewhere else. Are you serving in your relationships or are you just receiving? Having a servant's heart. Seeking what's best for the relationship, not just what you prefer. And what kind of words are you using in your relationships? You know, Jesus said it best. He went to the cross, which said volumes. Well, they nailed him there, but he went willingly. And his arms were stretched out wide, but it's also symbolic of his arms that are open to all of us. And while on the cross, betrayed, beaten, he said, Father, forgive them. In just a couple of minutes, we're going to pass the elements for communion. It's our way of being reminded of what Jesus has said to us and how he communicated so powerfully with his actions and his words. But before that, ask God to show you any of your relationships where you need to work on your communication. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word that is so powerful and so clear about how we should live, act, and even talk in our relationships. Lord, give us courage to communicate well. Give us wisdom to be able to communicate sincerely, but with our words the ones you give us. And Lord, guide us in our relationship with you. Is that relationship as it should be? Are we communicating to you and listening to your communication? Lord, if there's any relationship that you show us right now that we need to work on our presence, on our listening, on our words, on our serving, or anything else, show us. And may we in this moment make a commitment to make the changes needed. Lord, thank you for what you have done and even what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen.